huge sigh of relief as North Carolina hangs on in Tallahassee, but a W is a W. Let's party. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Isaac Shade. Come on in. North Carolina has just polished off a 75-68 victory over Florida State in Tallahassee. And uh, both halves saw North Carolina get out to a good and comfortable lead and Florida State fight back as you expected them to. And boy, does Carolina hold on and just push out for that final seven-point Margin. The Tar Heels move to 17 and 3 on the season, 9 and 0 in ACC play. You know this if you were on the show with us yesterday, but um, this is the first time since Carolina has gotten to at least 9 and 0 in ACC play since 2000, 2001, folks. That that means Roy Williams never did what this team has just done. And by the way. It's just the ninth time ever in Carolina history that the Tar Heels have, or in ACC history, I guess I should say, that the Tar Heels are off to at least a 9-0 and start. And I mean, it's just, you gotta, gotta be impressed by that. So great stuff from Carolina. Winning streak is up to 10 straight games. And oh, by the way, all 10 of those opponents have been held to 70 points or less. I mean, it just, like, come on. And it didn't appear that way because remember, uh, Florida State had 41 at halftime. So that means that in the second half, the Seminoles score just uh, 27 points. Man, I mean, just really, really impressive stuff there. As of right now, Ken Palm has already refreshed following the end of the game. The Tar Heels are in sixth place at Ken Palm. The offense slips ever so slightly down to 17th, but the defense bumps up ever so slightly to third right now. That's what the Tar Heels are doing. And uh, another great piece of news about this is the ACC standings. Carolina locks up yet another tiebreaker because now they have swept the season series with Florida State, um, meaning that there is no way if these two teams end up tied that Florida State can catch them. So Florida State is three games behind Carolina. They're six and three in the conference. Carolina is nine and zero. Oh, but essentially the Tar Heels now have a four game lead over them because of the tiebreaker. Same thing is true because of what happened against Wake Forest earlier in the week. Um, NC State is another team right behind with three losses. Carolina has to play them again but obviously has the leg up. The only other team that is within two games of the Tar Heels right now is Duke. And so what Carolina is doing to just keep winning and creating separation has, I mean, unless things just fall off the cliff for the final 11 games of ACC play, the Tar Heels are in great shape for at the very least a top four seed and double buy in the ACC tournament. So you love, love, love all of that. By the way, as we get started, I want to mention happy birthday from yesterday, I believe it was, to Tyler Darnell from our Discord. Hope it was a great day for you, my friend. Uh, Pat Kilby and I, Coach Pack and I, were kind of going back and forth uh, a little bit through text and on Discord today because on yesterday's show, we did several over-unders, one of which was over-under 14 and a half rebounds for Harrison Ingram. And uh, he almost hit the over on that in the first half alone. Love to see that. Uh, over under two and a half threes for Cormac. He got three of them and Pack picked that correctly. So way to go, Pack. 
And then the other was over under 25 points for RJ. Funny thing is that one was almost a push, but RJ missed that last free throw and so finishes with 24 points. So all that said, man, it's great to be together. Thanks for coming on in. Uh, looks like the comment section is going already. Uh, come on in. We'll take questions later on. We're going to have uh, several other talking points, a quick ad read, some more talking points, and then we'll get into your questions or thoughts. And so uh, we'll, we'll head there in just a second. All right. So here's where I want to start. Carolina on the road. You know, we talked about it in non-con play. The Tar Heels had zero true road games. It was all home or neutral. And so there was this wondering of like, hey, what's Carolina going to be able to do on the road? Will they hold up? Will they be okay? Well, here we go. They've now played on the road one, two, three, four, five times, and they have won every one of them. Guess what that means? Last year, I think in totality, if I'm remembering correctly, I can look this up while I'm talking, but Carolina was four and six on the road all of last year. If that's true, I'm waiting for this to uh, four and seven. So Carolina now with this win has more road wins than they did all of last season. And that's where I want to go with our first thing. This team, man, they are road warriors. And so much of that is the experience, the veteran nature of this team. They're not rattled by these environments when they have to go on the road. And I am so incredibly impressed by what they're doing in that way. So that's the first thing, man. This is like, because I, I, I also don't want to look at it and say Carolina had these leads and they weren't able to push them out in the way they typically do. I think part of that is the road environment. Part of that is, I think, out of the beginning of the game and then out of the halftime locker room, Carolina kind of shell-shocked Florida State a little bit. And then they got things figured out and made their pushes back. In the first half, they were able to make that push and overtake the Tar Heels. A lot of that is because Cadeau was on the bench. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in the second half, such was not the case. Carolina was able to ward off the Seminoles. So that's the first thing. Road Warriors, Carolina's able to do it. Second thing, I, I just mentioned the end of the first half, Florida State was able to push out with Elliott on the bench. And that's where I want to go next is for me, this is the best game of Elliott Cadeau's career. Let me just give you the numbers to start for what Elliott Cadeau did in this game. He finishes with 16 points. That's a career high. Now, four of 12 shooting. I get that. It is not a good efficiency, uh, especially down the stretch. Just wasn't hitting the same way he was earlier in the game. But critically also, eight of nine from the free throw line, where you know Elliott has not been a phenomenal free throw shooter in this, his first year in college. So getting eight of nine at the free throw line is wow, incredible. Two boards, six assists for Elliott, uh, three turnovers. Um, and so, you know, still a two to one assist to turnover ratio. But one of the questions we asked yesterday on the show is, will Elliott continue to drive and attack and right out of the gate, that's exactly what Elliott did in this game. How about this? The first 13 points of the game for Carolina, an Elliott Cadeau layup, two Elliott Cadeau free throws, an assist to, R to RJ for a three, an assist to Harrison Ingram for a three, and another assist to Harrison Ingram for a three. So Elliott, by assist or bucket or free throw, was responsible for the first 13 points that the Tar Heels had. And so, man, he just was attacking at will and Florida State had nothing, nothing for him to be able 
to stop there. And I love to see it now here. And, and you saw his importance in this way with about six 30 left in the first half, Elliot picked up kind of back to back fouls. The second one, you know, is whatever. Um, so we had to come out at that point. Carolina was up by three by halftime. Florida state had taken a 41 to 36 lead, meaning that with Cadeau on the bench for the final six and a half minutes of the first half, Florida State went on a 16-8 to run. That tells you everything you need to know about um, what Carolina is and is not without Cadeau on the floor. Why? Because in the first half, the Tar Heels as a team had 12 turnovers. Elliott was responsible for one of those. So with him on the bench, Carolina was just, you know, Florida State's uh, aggressive and attacking style. The Tar Heels just weren't able to hang on to the ball without him running the show in the way he was. And so, man, critical, critical game for Elliott. I thought he had some great defense as well. Like um, that block that Harrison Ingram got in the one of the Florida State's last couple of possessions, he was able to get that block because of Cadeau's defense staying in front of, I forgive me, I forget which Florida State player it was, walled him off enough that Harrison could bring that help defense, swat the shot, Cormac Ryan um, gets the 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 um rebound on that and so really really good stuff um you know one kind of freshman mistake that we'll point out with Elliot and I only pointed out just because everything else I was so so pleased with but it was this it was just before the uh under four timeout of the second half Carolina got an offensive rebound I think it was Cadeau himself that got it found himself open for a long two and instead of resetting the offense as the shot clock goes back to 20, he went ahead and took that shot. Um, honestly, I'm okay with him. Sh- not, not okay with him shooting there. I would much prefer him set it up. But if he's going to take the shot, I'd rather him just attack, right? And so still, I, he, he should have pulled it out there, reset, run a little clock, and gone from there. But that that's me nitpicking. Elliot Cadeau, phenomenal floor general type game, attacking, calling his own number more. Because, oh, by the way, this is also the first time in his career that he's had um, double figures in scoring in back-to-back games. So you absolutely love to see that from Elliot. Okay, we've got so, so much more to talk about here. But really quick, we need to stop and talk about FanDuel. Friends, let me tell you, the NFL playoffs just kicked off. The championship games are tomorrow for the conferences, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Their app is really easy to use, and there's a bunch of different ways to bet. Things like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explored tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. Or how about this? The final four odds? North Carolina is now up to fourth in FanDuel's final four odds. So get in on that and other action when you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, as we get back in, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the box score for us so um, that you can... Um, engage with that. For those of you who are listening back to this later, because I will put this into the audio feed, by the way, um, just want you um, to be able to still hear what I'm saying, but but want to have it um, visual for those who are watching. All right, here's where we want to go next. Harrison Ingram, my word, what this dude is doing is silly. Harrison finishes this game with 13 points, three 
three-pointers, y'all. That's what I'm talking about. Two of two from the free throw line. 17 rebounds. Seven of them were offensive. What on earth? Had an assist. Had that block we talked about. And three of North Carolina's five steals. What he is doing to complement Harrison or RJ Davis's offensive versatility to go along with Elliot Cadeau's floor general, like the pieces of this team are just falling into place so well. So for Harrison, man, it's just so, so wild. So this is now, um, let me get back to our stats there on Harrison. The fourth double-double for him in the last five games. He now has double-digit rebounds in six of Carolina's last eight. And obviously, with getting these 17 rebounds, he's going to grow um, his rebounding average that he has in ACC play, where he was already leading the way. Um, I haven't done the math yet. I'll have that on Monday's show. But, I mean, it's just insane. He is everywhere. He's all over the ball. Um, he did tweak his ankle at one point, so hopefully there won't be too many lingering issues from that. And he'll be ready to go for Georgia tech on Tuesday, but I just, he just continues to have such a critical impact on what North Carolina is doing this season. All right. The next thing we got to get to is the free throw line. You can see it. If you're watching on YouTube, North Carolina at the free throw line, 19 of 20. Four. Unreal stuff. And some of the guys that typically haven't been shooting great this year did. As I said, Elliot Cadeau was eight of nine. Harrison Ingram, two of two. Seth Trimble, three of four. And so, I I mean, it's funny because Cormac missed one and RJ missed one. It's the guys you don't expect to miss that did. Um, But while Carolina goes 19 of 24, Florida State only took 11 and only made five. And so, I mean, that you see how important that differential is when you win by just seven points. Carolina um, did really, really good stuff there. Now, not only that, Carolina took some advantage of Florida State in the first half in terms of fouls. But, man, they got so aggressive in the second half. Carolina got into the bonus with 14.50 left in the game and was in the double bonus for the final 10. Now, after that, Um, they weren't able to take advantage of the line as much. It felt like they didn't really get there as much until the end of the game. But still, getting uh, Florida State in some foul trouble was really, really important for them. And so uh, you love to see them doing that. So that's the free throw line. Really impressed by what Carolina did there. All right, the next thing I want to get to is Carolina's ability to yet again cause a rough game for a, a team's leading scorer. Uh, Jameer Watkins came into this game off a career high for Florida State. I think it was 27 in their last game. Was that Syracuse on Tuesday, who they beat by like 16? He comes into this game, and look, he scores 12 points, so you'll give him that. But he needed 12 shots to get 12 points, just three of 12 from the floor, two of four from three, four or five from the free throw line. And part of Carolina's uh, – the reason I say this right out of the free throws – is that Carolina got him to four fouls pretty early in the second half and so really limited um, his ability to have a factor. In fact, in the second half, he only played uh, 14 minutes, but so much of that was foul-plagued minutes, and so he wasn't able to participate at the same level he often would. And so was really, really impressed by that. All right, here's the next thing I want to get to is Armando Baycott. 
Now you look at Armando and you say, man, Armando didn't really offer a ton in this game. Five points, four rebounds, did have two assists, had a block and a steal. But to look at the box score and say that Armando didn't have a big impact in this game is a miss um, because he really critically did. Let me give you um, some specific moments from Armando that I thought were really, really good and, and critical. I'm trying to find my way back to my uh, notes on that. Yes. Okay, here we go. About 15 minutes left in the first half. There, uh, uh, Florida State went into some pick and roll action that involved Armando and Seth Trimble. Trimble recovered nicely, but Mondo stayed with it. And while it looked like Florida State had a little bit of advantage, Armando was able to get a tip leading to a steal. It's those just little things. Like we've all talked about how much Armando's been helping defensively. And that was one of those moments. How about there was like 1330 left in the first half. Carolina almost forces Florida State into a shot clock violation, but um, Primo Spears gets off a shot like right before, but it was just like, he just has to flip it up around the free throw line. Who was out guarding on the wing on Primo Spears, a guard, by the way, it's Armando Baycott staying in front of him, staying with him, staying wide and forcing that bad shot. And oh, by the way, Armando did, doesn't just like sit there and like, oh yeah, look what I did. I stopped Primo Spears. Homie gets off and running, winds up with an and one on the other end. And so Armando, phenomenal stuff. Now, again, you look at points and rebounds, it's like, why isn't he getting double doubles? I, I don't always know that that's the best way he can impact this version of this team by just going wacky. Now, I would still like to see him have more field goal attempts, finishes the game with only four shot attempts. Carolina needs to work at getting him more. There were a couple times, in particular down the stretch, where both Elliot and RJ had the ball, and you love to see the ball in their hands, but things just got a little bit stagnant for Carolina down the stretch there, and, and I'd like to see more movement from them in that. But all in all, Armando still did some really important and critical things for this team, and so so you'll take it. Um, and I want to go to that closing stretch um, where, oh, by the way, let me just mention R.J. Davis, your superstar, the presumptive right now ACC player of the year, twice down the stretch of the second half of this game, once on, on defense, diving on the floor that ultimately resulted in Carolina getting possession, and then back on Carolina's offensive end, dives on the floor to kind of like poke out an offensive rebound. And like just when your star's doing that, you'll take it all the time. Now, um, Carolina leads 70 to 66 with two minutes and 40 seconds left. This is, you know, FSU has closed it back. And this is where, you know, I, I set off to talk like, whoo, big sigh. You escape with the win and you'll take it. But Carolina has a sideline out of bounds play. And I, forgive me, I can't remember the inbounder, but Harrison Ingram is supposed to be the recipient and he doesn't run to get the ball. And I don't know if his ankle was bothering him after tweaking it or what, but he just didn't go get it. FSU, I think it was Primo Spears, gets a steal and a run out, 70-68. And then on Carolina's next possession, RJ misses a three, again, after a little bit of some stagnant offense. And I'm, I'm sweating it. It's like, I'd kind of resign myself to the fact of like, look, Carolina's had this great run to start ACC play. If this is to be the end on the road against the Florida State team that's playing really well, so be it. 
but man, did they pull it out. They force um, FSU to miss a three right there. Elliott gets a rebound, but then he like he kept getting to the rim, but but missed in that moment. And then FSU has a turnover on the other. I mean, it's just back and forth. And then it's when Carolina finally takes control in the final 70 seconds. RJ gets switched on to DeAndre Green, who, oh, by the way, can we just talk about him? He decided he wanted to get a little mouthy with Armando. Come on, man. You don't do that because you know what's about to happen. And then RJ gets that nice little floater over him, bounces around and falls 72-68. Then was that play that we talked about just a little bit ago where Cadeau stays in front. Help D from Ingram gets a block. Uh, Cormac Ryan recovers, and ultimately R.J. Davis is fouled. Makes both six-point lead. FSU gets another has another miss. Harrison Ingram uh, rebound to R.J. makes one of two, and there's your ball game. So again, Carolina, while they were a little bit stagnant from about 240 to about 110, so for that 90 seconds, just did enough right down the stretch to end this game and get out with a seven point victory. So look, I know it's not a double digit victory. FSU is the only two um, ACC opponents that Carolina hasn't beaten by double digit points, but you know what? A win is a win is a win. And these Tar Heels keep on trucking and we will take it. So big sigh, big deep breath. Let's exhale. Let's get back to Atlanta on Tuesday and keep it rolling. All right, here's what we're going to do next. I see that the comments are wildly going off. So I'm going to look through comments. We're going to get um, some of these questions and uh, we'll answer those because love getting in and seeing what you guys are saying here. Um, man, great. James Pruitt says more physical than the Tennessee game. R remember, we talked at ad nauseum this season about how physical and gritty this team has been. And, and I tell you what, that Tennessee game was the first indicator of it to me of just how tough Carolina was going to be this year. You know, in the um, uh, the Wake Forest game earlier this week, we talked about I was worried about the matchups because Wake Forest had a height advantage at a lot of places. Key would be Hunter Salas at 6'5 over RJ at six foot. The same is true against Florida State, man, who feels like they year after year run out about 18 guys who were all 7'5". And the same was true, but Carolina just battles. They do not back down. When Green starts getting mouthy and happy and clapping, who, who was the guy that was cool in that moment? It was Armando. He was inside homie's head. Rent-free, I think the kids say it. And so James is so true here. More physical than Tennessee, and yet Carolina does it again. Um, and so um, one critical thing I, I wanted to mention that I realized I, I forgot to say before we got to, to y'all's questions is in the first half, Carolina had more turnovers than their season average. And I tweeted at halftime like, hey, look, all you got to do is hang on to the ball and you win this basketball game. Plain and simple. Carolina has just five turnovers in the second half. And against a Florida State team, you'll take that every single time out. All right. Great stuff. Um, Let's scroll and find some of these questions. Yes, lots of people talking about holding another team to um, 70 or under. Yes, here's another critical point. Um, in the first half, you'll recall that Florida State went wacky from three, seven of 12, which is way above their season average, 58%. And um, so my, my wondering was like, man, can we hold them? Can the Tar Heels hold them 
back, you know, regressed to the mean in the second half. And that's exactly what happened as Florida State went just two of eight in the second half. So they still shot 45% for the game from three, but came way down in that second half. And you love to see it. By the way, speaking of the defense, who somebody was saying, uh, Carolina in the second half held Florida State in terms of points per possession to 0.844 after a first half in which they were 1.108. So big time turnaround there. And that is critical. Nintendo says it. Elliot Cadeau's breakout game. We're all thinking it. And, you know, I said it earlier, but let's just own this and celebrate it, man. Elliot Cadeau has stepped up. I mean, this is back to back games where Carolina's backcourt has been so, so critically important. He just keeps attacking and attacking and attacking, and you absolutely love to see it. All right, let's keep seeing um, some questions. Uh, this is a good one from Brushy Mountain Golfer. It says, is UNC good or is the ACC bad? Look, some of this, some of this is the national thought of, Hey, the ACC is not good as a conference. And I think a lot of that is because of the bottom feeders of, of Louisville and Notre Dame, although they've been a little more competitive. Although Louisville was not competitive today. They got smacked uh, by Virginia. Anyway, um, Brushy Mountain Golfer, I think that North Carolina really, really, really is this good. And so we got to celebrate it. I, I've, I cannot count the number of times I've said this now. We just have to just be so excited and live in the moment with all of this and enjoy it because these rides don't always come along, especially when it's a little bit unexpected. Like if this had been 2009, it's like, well, duh, of course. But coming off of what happened last year, man, you got to enjoy every moment of this. Now, is the ACC the Big 12? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's as deep as the Big 12. But you're joking me if you think these teams are not high-level competitive. I, I don't think the, the – and I say this as somebody who covers basketball nationally for Locked On. I don't think the national media uh, gives the ACC its due credit. And I think to do so steals uh, power from what North Carolina is actually doing. This is a legit team. All right? So there you go with that. Um, let's keep looking for some questions and observations here. Derek says it, man. Let, let's speak this truth. This is the game I was most concerned about. I thought this might be our first ACC loss before the game. I was more worried about this game than Duke. Derek, I'm right with you. I am right with you. Um, the travel schedule. Think about this lately. A week ago today, Carolina was in Boston. <laughs> and then came home, hosted Wake, and then came down here. Almost the, you know, the second southernmost team in the conference against a Florida state, um, team that's long, that's looking for revenge. That is real gritty and chippy themselves. And you know, you got Duke a week from now, you know, you got another road game on Tuesday, but you know what this tells me? Carolina is not overlooking anyone and not just by their play, but literally Harrison Ingram said that after the wake forest win earlier this week, he turned his attention you know, in a post post game uh, comments and just said, Hey, look, this is great, but we haven't done anything because we got to follow this up and go to Florida state Saturday. So this team knew what they were doing, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to win it big time. The worst Carolina can now finish on the road in ACC play is five and five. And here's, what's nice about this. Cause we're all I'm, Carolina Duke, right? We all put a ton of weight on those games, 
But here's the thing. It's outside of like bragging rights. It's just one game. So no matter what happens next Saturday, by the fact that Carolina is 9-0 and in ACC play, it's it's just what Carolina – they're doing everything they need to do um, to put themselves in a good position going forward. So, yes, I was concerned about this game. Not that they wouldn't show up, but just that Florida State might do what they need. All right, let's keep rolling on this thing. Um, to find find some more of your questions. Um, some things we've already discussed. I'm not going to hit on those right now. Um, we'll just keep going through it. Let me see if we can find some more questions. Uh, Will Allison, I like this one. We needed a win like that. Harrison is incredible. I know Mondo is clearing out, but he still sticks his nose in there time and time again. I want to hit on that first thing that Will has said. We needed a win like that. By very nature of Carolina winning by double digits over and over and over and over again, there is now I know it's not just been blowout after blowout. A lot of them is because of the the closing stretch Carolina has gone on. But by Florida State cutting it to two on the road, I mean the Tuck, the Donald L. Tucker Center was going off. They were ready. They were they were feeling it. They're like, man, we're gonna come back, we're gonna do what we did in the first half. And so Carolina weathered that. And again, I, you know, somebody said, I just scrolled past it a second ago, uh, a little bit um, too much hero ball from, uh, from down the stretch instead of continuing the great ball movement. Sure, fine. But Carolina finding a way to do it in a game that was cut to two, that they extended out to seven, you'll, you'll take that every day of the week. All right, I might be able to get one, maybe two more questions, and then we're going to have to get out of here. If there's other questions I don't get to, I'll scroll through the thread, and then we'll tackle them on Monday's show. All right, so uh, let me keep going, see if we can find any more. Oh, Nintendo nerd, my man. Great question. With Elliot Cadeau coming into his own, what is the next big step this team needs to take to become even better. Well, there's a couple things. It's funny, Coach Rob and I actually talked about this on Thursday's episode. Um, here are some of the things that that we're looking at and thinking about. It's the part of it is the bench being heavily, heavily consistent in the game. Let's we haven't talked about what the bench did for the Tar Heels in this one. Um, from a scoring standpoint, the bench only got seven in this one. Seth had three points all at the free throw line. Paxson had a critical bucket. Oh boy, we haven't talked about that possession. When was that? Was it first or second half? Forgive me, I don't remember. Somebody in the chat might remember. There was this possession. It, it must have been first half because Carolina was down by five or six. There was this possession where Armando got a couple offensive rebounds, couldn't put it back. Harrison Ingram got an offensive rebound or two, couldn't put it back. Paxson Wojcik gets an offensive rebound, and he's the one that scores that bucket. It didn't give Carolina a lead. It didn't tie it. It just chipped into Florida State's lead a little bit. But, it, man, you need everything you can get in those six and a half minutes with uh, Cadeau on the bench. So you love to see that. And then Jalen Washington had two. It was a nice little dunk in the first half. And so, so that was critically important for this one as well. Um, and so uh, the bench, giving uh, lots of things. Again, the bench being impactful and being the answer to your question here of taking the next step is not just about points. I, I don't mean to say it is. 
because there's also things like um, Zayden High had there. There's just a couple things he did. Almost had a bucket himself. His foot was just on the baseline as he cut underneath the basket. But it's some of those things um, that that um, are just so critical. Um, another thing, though, um, Nintendo, to answer your question, is Cormac Ryan shooting. Um, We've talked about that. This this was one of his good games. And uh, man, he had that and he finishes uh, three of eight from three. And so, man, just him being able to do that is so big. But again, Cormac keeps adding things in other ways. But for me right now, in addition to Kado keeping doing this, it's Cormac Ryan being offensively consistent. And it's the bench offering help, not just in scoring, but also in other ways. And so, so that's an important thing as well. All right, let's look to see if we can get another question or so, um, and then we'll go. Ah, uh, yes. Let me answer this one for Debbie. Debbie Barker says, can you explain what a class B technical foul or technical is? Never heard of one before today. So there are different classifications of technical fouls that are different levels of either egregiousness because of a foul or for a rules infraction. So, for example, if um, uh, a coach might be whistled for being out of the coaching box as a TA, um, player touching a ball out of bounds on a baseline out of bounds play, that kind of thing. In this specific instance, if I remember correctly, it was green, uh, the green that was running his mouth and yapping a lot. Um, while play was in action, he was in the air, grabbed the rim, and I think he was touching the ball to the backboard at the same time. And so was assessed a class B technical. Part of that is that it only comes with one free throw. And then um, they went with the alternating possession. They actually forgot to flip the possession was why Carolina got it later on that uh, tie up um, that I think RJ Davis maybe got in and got. And so Debbie, it's just one of those moments where it, it is a technical, but not one that happens because of like somebody getting, you know, physical with somebody or anything like that. So that, that's a great question from Debbie. Glad you asked that one. All right, guys, we're going to need to get out of here again. Carolina, massive, massive win. The Tar Heels are 17-3 and on the season, 9-0 in ACC play. It is the first time since 2000-2001, and um, Carolina will head to Georgia Tech on Tuesday night, so we'll get to see all of that, and it's going to be a great big game, and you know that it will be. Carolina's got to keep it going. Georgia Tech feisty themselves. We'll obviously have a big preview for that on Tuesday. I hope that you all have a great weekend. I'm about to go eat a nice dinner. I don't know what it's going to be. It's a surprise for my wife for my birthday. So I'm going to get off here, go get ready and go do that, man. Y'all celebrate hard. This is a big win for the Tar Heels. We'll talk to you again on Monday's show, but until then, peace. <laughs>